We are so blessed. Hey, if you have your Bibles today, we are going to be in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. So go ahead and turn your Bibles there. And uh, we're in part two of a series today called Walking Free, where each week we're just looking at ways Christ calls us to walk free. Last week we learned Christ calls us to walk free with zest, with energy, with gusto. We talked about that last week. And today we're going to talk about walking free, not mastered or not controlled by anything or anyone but Jesus Christ. Walking free, not mastered, not controlled by anything or anyone but Jesus Christ. And to get this rolling, I'm going to ask you something. How many of you have ever asked yourself this question we're going to put on the screen? Why do I keep on doing this? You ever ask yourself that question? Has your spouse ever asked you that question? Your children ever asked you that question? Man, that's tough, isn't it? The other day, I got into my helicoptering parent mode, you know, helicopter parent. And I went upstairs. Our, our children live upstairs. I don't go up there if I don't have to. And, uh, but I made the cardinal mistake of going upstairs. And golly, I started doing things my kids should be doing themselves. I started picking up the trash, started hanging up their clothes. Started cleaning up. These are all things that they should be doing themselves. And I was trying to hide what I was doing from my wife. I was trying to get away with it. But she heard the rumblings upstairs, and she goes upstairs, and she catches me doing this. And she asked me when she saw it, she goes, when are you going to get your pilot's license revoked? That's what she asked. <laughs> when do you get that pilot's license suspended? Why do I keep on doing this is what she was saying. I even looked at myself and I said, honey, I, why do I keep on doing this? You know, I, I can't believe I, I shouldn't be doing this. I know what they, they should be doing this themselves. And there are so many areas of my life where I could give you examples of where I've asked myself this question. And I imagine a lot of you in some form or fashion have asked yourself this question. Maybe you're here today and you just keep picking winners in your dating life. It's just one unhealthy relationship after another. And you go, why do I keep on doing this? Or maybe you're here today and it's just credit card debt. You keep spending money that you don't have on things you don't need. And the bills keep coming in. You go, why do I keep on doing this? Perhaps you're here today and it's some substance you're, you know, you just keep falling to or some addiction, some bondage. And you know it's hurting you. You know it's hurting other people. And you're just like, and your children are asking, your spouse is asking, you're asking, why do I keep on doing this? Or maybe you're here today and it's like you're giving over to people pleasing. And, and you just keep doing way too much and you're involved in things that don't even matter to you because you're trying to please others. And you ask yourself, why do I keep on doing this? So let me tell you something. If you've ever asked yourself this question, if you ever asked yourself this question, first of all, welcome to the human race. And welcome to Southern Hills Baptist Church. Where it's okay to not be okay, right? Where God's grace can make you okay again, welcome. But here's what you need to know about where we're going with this. First of all, walking free, not mastered. The truth is everyone's mastered by something. Everyone lives for something. Everyone's controlled by something. Everyone lives for something. And if it's not Jesus Christ that you're living for, then you're not walking free. In fact, you're walking frustrated. Do you know what kind of question this is up here? That's a, frustrating, that's a frustrating question. Why do I keep on doing it? I'm frustrated. I'm dissatisfied. I'm disappointed. Why do I keep on doing this? And that's the point. You are made to be mastered by Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. 
That's it. And only be mastered by him is where you're going to find boost and power and energy and just a flow to your life. Paul would coin this phrase in other letters that he wrote called walk by the spirit. I think we put it on, on the next slide. Walk by the spirit. I heard this illustration and it so spoke to me. But something I've learned about Oklahoma living here for a while is that we have a lot of windy days, don't we? The wind comes sweeping down the plains and... My gosh, I don't like windy days. Why do you live in Oklahoma? I just, I just do. But anyway, I don't like windy days. I mean, back in April and May, I was like, when's the wind ever going to stop? And all the allergies are flowing around, and I got all this drainage. My wife had so much drainage, she couldn't even talk, and that was kind of nice. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had to get her back. I had to get her back for that pilot's license thing. Why do I keep ticking her off? I don't know. But anyway, um, all these allergies. Anyway, what I realized about windy days is that, man, if I walk against the wind, it's frustrating. It, it, it's like there's a struggle. It's difficult. It's put your head down, trudge through, struggle through. But I turn my back and I start walking with the wind. There's power and there's boost and there's freedom. And it's a lot easier. Do you know what this is saying right here? Spirit. Spirit in Greek is the word pneuma. Guess what wind is in Greek? Pneuma. Paul's saying walk with the wind. And the Holy Spirit's direction always flows in the direction of Jesus Christ, his will, his ways, and in a relationship with him. You walk in that direction, there's energy and boost in your life. There's freedom in your life. Walk against it, it's a struggle. So how can we cooperate in walking more with the Spirit and walking Free. There's all kinds of ways that we can talk about, but I want to give you two words I want you to remember today. They're two different words. And the first word is declare. Declare. In the book of Romans, let me talk about the word declare. In the book of Romans, Paul is teaching that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that means you are in Jesus Christ. Think about the implications of that. If you are in a car and someone hits your car, you feel the impact of that, don't you? You feel the effect of that. Paul's saying, you are in Jesus Christ. What happened to Jesus Christ? Well, sin hit Jesus Christ on the cross. Our sins hit him on the cross. The wages of sin hit Jesus Christ on the cross. Death, he died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. But guess what happened on the third day? He rose from the dead, which means he hit sin right back. He hit death right back, and he hit it so hard that he broke it. He weakened it. He broke it and weakened it so bad that sin and death have no power, have no dominion, have no authority over Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, that's the position you are in. You are in Christ, and you can start to feel the impact of that. Sin has been broken in your life. Sin has actually been weakened in your life, and you can start declaring, Jesus Christ is my master. Sin is no longer my master. Look at all these wonderful declarations in Romans chapter 6. Watch this, Romans 6, verse 2. We are those who have what? Died. When you die, this world has no dominion, no authority, no effect on you anymore. We are those who have died to sin. Look at the next slide, verse 6. Romans 6, verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be what? 
slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. Sin is not our master. Jesus Christ is in Romans 6 verse 11. Watch this. My favorite verse of all. Count yourselves what? Dead. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Wow, wonderful declarations right there. But I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do. <laughs> we all have thick skulls. I'll stick to I statements. I have a thick skull. It takes me a long time to get things. And what I'll do, instead of declaring sin is no longer my master, Jesus Christ is, I'll start arguing with myself. I'll start, I'll start talking myself right back in to sin and sinning. Like, I'll be walking around with someone like, you know, I know I shouldn't mouth off to this person, but I don't like them. And, and, and so I'll just start mouthing off. And have to make amends. Now, I knew I shouldn't do that, but I'll do it. Or, or, or I'll say, you know what? I know I shouldn't do this, but this is just what men do. Or everybody else is doing it. Or this is the way I was brought up. This is what my flesh wants. This is what seems natural to me. And I'll talk myself right back into it. And what is it? That's listening to a voice. That's identifying with a voice that's not my master. And Paul is saying, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, that means you are in Christ. You've been given a new life. You become a new creation. And you can start struggling in a new way where you go, you know what? I don't care if this is what men do. I don't care if this is what seems natural. I don't care if this is the way I was brought up. I want to know what my master says, Jesus Christ. I want to do what he says. Paul is trying to help. It doesn't mean, look, it doesn't mean we don't mess up. We mess up all the time. I'm not saying that. But what Paul is saying, you got to start embracing the truth in your mind and your heart that sin has been broken and weakened in Christ. You are in Christ, and you can start embracing that truth that sin does not have to control you anymore. You don't have to submit to it anymore. You can say, Jesus Christ is my master. That's my declaration. Get used to declare in your mind, in your heart, that word, if you want to walk free. But there's a second word I want to bring up to you, and it's the word offer. It's the word offer. Sin is no longer your master. Sin no longer has to control you unless you offer yourself to it. Watch this from Romans 6, verse 16. This is what it says. We'll put it up on the screen. Romans 6, verse 16. Paul says, don't you know? Like, in our vernacular, that means, isn't this self-evident? Like, do I even need to say this? Like, if I say it, aren't you going to look back at me and say, thank you, Captain Obvious. Don't you know? That when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, what does it mean to offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves? Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll offer myself. Yes, I'll give myself to that, my availability, my time, my energy, my resources. I offer myself to you. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone or something as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Don't you know that? And I think we look at that as modern readers and go, well, I'm not a slave to anyone, yet I know Christians. I've been there myself where you're no longer choosing, you're being drawn in. 
and you're numb to choice. And you're numb to how it's affecting you and affecting those that you love. It's so controlling you. You're such a prisoner to you that sin has become your master because you offered yourself to it. Been there. And Paul says after the dash, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to to righteousness, Paul says, I'm going to give you two categories with two different results. Number one, you offer yourselves to sin, and you're a, you're a slave to sin. Why, why would anybody offer themselves to sin? Well, it's apparent. Well, because maybe it's because, well, this is what will fulfill me. This is what will satisfy me. Something else besides God will fulfill and satisfy me. Or maybe you offer yourself to something because this is what brings real meaning. This is what brings real value. This is what makes my life feel worthwhile. So you offer yourself to it. It could be a number of things, your career, some cause, you know. It, it could be to some relationship. I don't know. You can offer yourself to a lot of things because this is what fulfilled me, satisfied, or make me feel important, a number of things. But here's what Paul wants you to know. Whether you're a slave to sin, it leads to what? Death. Whenever and wherever sin is in control, things are dying. They are. You ever met a person that's just a shell of themselves? They're dying on the inside. Your identity dies. Your meaning dies. Your purpose dies. You start dying. Whenever, wherever sin is in control, things die. And, and, and this is kind of off the topic, but the reason it dies is because if you're living for something and if something, someone comes in and starts threatening what you're living for, oh my gosh, you get so filled with anger that you start destroying your relationships or you're so paralyzed by fear, you can't even relate to people anymore because you're living for something that's become your master and something's threatening it. But there's a better solution. An alternative is this, or you can offer yourselves to obedience to Christ, which leads to what? Righteousness. You can say, okay, I'm offering myself to Christ. He is my satisfaction. He is my fulfillment. Yes, Christ, you can have my availability, my time, my resources, my everything. You are what makes my, my life worthwhile. You are all my value. You are my everything. It's offering yourself to Christ. I just want to know you, learn from you. I'm offering myself to you. Take my everything. I surrender all. And Paul says it doesn't lead to death. It leads to righteousness, which means peace with God. And when you have peace with God like that, you have peace with yourself. And when you have peace with God in yourself, you have peace with others. And you're walking freely. So, a self-examination question I want to ask you today is this. What or who are you offering yourself to these days? What or who are you offering yourself to these days? I know the Sunday school, Jesus Christ, but I want you to be really honest with yourself. What are you really living for? And if it's not that relationship with Jesus Christ, I promise you it leads to things dying in your life. But you live for him. You say yes to him. I offer my all to you, my everything to you. It doesn't drain you of life. It doesn't frustrate your life. It frees your life. It frees your life. Because watch this in the next verse, Romans 6, verse 17. This is from the message translation. I love this translation. But offer yourselves to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. 
His commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Can we say that together? But offer yourselves to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. His commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? And maybe some of you here going, well, I've been living for Christ, and I feel bounded, I feel in bondage and things like that. Let me tell you something. Take God out of the verse then. Put whatever you want to in there. But offer yourselves to the ways of yourself, and the freedom never quits. Does that make sense? No. But offer yourselves to the ways of the world or culture, and the freedom never quits. We know it doesn't work like that. But offer yourselves to the ways of power and status and position, and the freedom never quits. It doesn't make sense. The only thing that can fit in there, the only thing that makes sense is God, a relationship with Jesus Christ, because he's the one who has promised you life and life to the full. He is life himself. But I'm going to tell you something that goes way, way beyond that. Earlier this year, I was on a flight, and I started watching this movie called The King's Man. Now, I'm not telling you to go watch it or anything like that. I just started watching the movie, and the opening scene of the movie captured my heart. And this is why. It was a wealthy family, and a mother and her son were having a conversation. In fact, the mother was pouring life into her son, just investing, trying to just teach him some very valuable lessons and this is what the, the mother says to her son in the opening scene of The King's Man. Watch this. The mother says, it's important that people born into privilege lead by example. That's why your father and I are patrons of the Red Cross. Helping others, not hiding behind our status, never forget that. And when I heard her say those words, helping others, not hiding behind their status, it's like the gospel just blew up in my heart. Because did Jesus Christ hide behind his status? Did Jesus Christ hide behind his royal, elite, privileged status as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah? Did he hide behind that status of being God of the universe? No, he didn't. He took on flesh and he came to us. He didn't hide behind his stats. He came to us. Why? To help us. What did he do? He went to the cross to save us from our sins, to do something that religion couldn't do, that we couldn't do ourselves. He came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, that's deliver us from sins. But how did he do it? He offered himself to you. You see, he's the only master you could ever live for that offered himself to you. You want to walk freely? Then you offer yourself to the only master who has offered himself to you. I think that's the next slide. He'll put that up there. Or not. <laughs> but offer yourself. If you want to live freely, you offer yourself. It means, Lord, yes. Lord, you have my availability, you have my time, you have my everything. You offer yourself to the only master who offered himself to you. Offer yourself, yes, seek his ways, learn from him, know him. And when we live this out, when we live these two words out, declare, declare, sin is not my master. Jesus, you're my master. I don't have to listen to that voice anymore. I, I, I need to listen to his voice, identify with his voice. And when we offer ourselves to him and live for him, that is paving the way to walk 
freely and not mastered by anything else but him. And by all means, and by all means, never, ever forget, we're not here to hide behind our status either, are we? We're not here to hide behind our privileged status of being children of the king, of being forgiven, of being loved, of being co-heirs with Christ. We are never to hide behind our royal elite status spiritually, but to go, to be out there in the world, loving the world, helping others know him, helping others see the love of Jesus Christ and the freedom that only he can bring. I know I preach that kind of fast, but let's pray, okay? Father, thank you so much, Lord, for bringing us here today. Lord, thank you so much for offering yourself to us, for giving your everything to us. Lord, thank you for, we can boldly say as we put our faith in you that we are in you and we can feel, we can experience, we can live out the impact of that position of being in you. Father, help us to get stronger in declaring that position. When sin is waging war or when sin is is knocking at the door, help us to remember, sin, you have been weakened. Sin, you have been broken. Jesus is my master. Help us to live in that declaration. And Father, there may be people here today, and I'm with them, Lord. I, I know what it's like. Maybe they're offering themselves to something that's not in a, of a relationship with you. And things are dying. Relationships are dying. The way they see themselves is dying. Sin always leads to death. I pray, Lord, for renewed strength. I pray for repentance, Lord. That we turn ourselves right back to you and offer ourselves to you. Thank you, Lord, that repentance always means that your arms are wide open to take us in. Not shame, not condemn, not say I told you so or something like that. But to love us and to grow us and to make us more like your son. So, Lord, I pray for strength in everyone's inner being, including mine. Help us to continue living this life, declaring in our hearts and offering ourselves each day to you. In Jesus' name, amen.